Hi, this is Dr. Alice Kirby with you again uh, for Beyond the Pink Cloud. And I'm so excited today because we have with us Ms. Amber Drake, um, who is going to talk about her programs that she offers for, um, for busy women. And hopefully we're also going to get into a little bit about the topic of gut health. Um, so hi, Amber. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Alice. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's such a pleasure um, to be able to speak to your audience today. I'm super excited. Yay, I'm excited to have you. Um, so I, I don't think I gave you the very best introduction. So I would love for you to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about um, the work that you're doing in the world and what you're passionate about. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Um, I so I am a gut health and mindset coach, and I actually hesitate to tell people that I am a health coach, but because I focus so much on mindset and helping create lasting change and not having to start over and over and over again, back to the beginning. Um, I don't know if anyone has been on a journey like I have where you're juggling a whole bunch of balls in your diet and your exercise and your mindfulness routines. And it feels like something is always slipping and you can't ever get them aligned because there's always something kind of falling by the wayside and, and learning how to really align mind, body, and soul and keep them aligned in a way that is easy and effortless and creating the identity of the person that you want to be in the create creating the the identity of the of the person you want to become and and that feeds into health by making your health journey a lot easier because you're not fighting so hard to strong arm new habits into place they kind of as i work with my clients they kind of come easier and easier those habits become a part of your identity and and the overwhelm kind of slides by the wayside by our working together and starting with starting with mindset when you start a health program is is completely transformational life-changing because i feel like and you probably see this too most people know what they already should be doing <laughs> we already know we should be eating more vegetables eating less junk moving more like we already know we should be doing these things you know not staring at our screens all day going for a walk like not watching tv right before but we know all of this stuff but we don't do it and it's like, well, why don't we do it? And that was my big question that I went out to answer as I kind of started this journey into coaching. And I was just like, it's because the mind, the mindset piece is missing. And so often we have diet plans and protocols and, and exercise routines and all these things. And those things are great. But if you implement them in a way that it's just a new habit that you're trying to, to put into an old identity, it's just, it's not going to work. And so that is something that I'm super passionate about. I also really nerd out on gut health. And so yeah, I put the two great. and two together because I, I just, I see so often that the gut tends to be the first domino fallen and you know, you're however far into some struggles, anxiety, depression, you know, autoimmune issues and like all of this stuff, allergies, asthma, all of this stuff that like is happening and you're trying to treat those things, but really, you know, now you're trying to treat symptoms of, of the root. And so um, when you kind of tackle that, a lot of times everything else kind of falls back into line and it's easier to see like, what do I really need to be focusing on? Because if a lot of your symptoms kind of ease up or go away, 
then you can kind of pinpoint the things that you need to be working on more as opposed to like, I have all of these issues and I'm trying to deal with them all focusing in one place and then moving from there. So that was kind of long winded, but that's kind of, (laughs) (laughs) no, I love it. I love it. And I really love that you brought up mindset. Um, and that you talked about that's where mindset needs to start because it, I think it does with pretty much everything really, whether you're starting a business or it's a health program, like if your mindset isn't in, you know, the right place or maybe not even the right place, but in the place that's the most effective for you to be successful, then it's like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot from the get go. Um, so I'm curious what techniques or strategies have you found in working with your clients around mindset, especially, I guess, in the very beginning when people are really trying to make these changes, what have you found are effective ways to, to go ahead and start changing the mindset in a way that, that does foster some of that ease? So I love working with people with mindset right at the beginning because that motivation is high, right? They just started, they just jumped in. They're like, I'm ready to make a change. So if we do, we do that at the beginning, everything else is easy. Diet ends up being easy. It's that tends to be the easy part. It's the between your ears that can be really, really difficult to tackle. So a lot of the stuff that I work with my clients on is um, neuro-linguistic programming, Um, but also assessing past, present, future, and, and looking at, looking at the mind as your source of, of creativity, as your source of of power as a tool to really um, change things uh, long term. But I just, I have seen over and over again that we don't achieve, we don't achieve our highest goals. We achieve whatever our lowest standards for ourselves are. And we all have presets between our ears that are there. They were either, you know, they were placed at, at childhood, or I like to tell people to look between the ages of like, 13 to like 21 and really dig in there because there is stuff in there that you believe about yourself now and that you have set up as presets that you may or may not want to hold on to anymore. So doing the, doing the front end work of digging in, digging up uh, what, what's going on in the past, because we have these presets in our brains and you have to figure out where they came from before we can change them but that is one huge piece and then understanding that the identity of who you are essentially is just formed out of the bedrock of your values and your beliefs that you are now presenting yeah you now you're presenting it to the outside world you have beliefs in your head you have values that you you live by and now you express those in in the way that you live and the way you do your life so it follows that if if I change those values and beliefs, can I change my identity? Right. Absolutely. You can, you can change your identity anytime you want to. Now there are things that are going to be harder than others to, to deal with. I, I tend to notice that people, like I mentioned, those balls that are dropping earlier, yes. you have so many plates spinning. What is the one plate that is always slipping? Is it your spiritual practices? Is it your mindfulness routines? Is it whatever journaling your diet? Is it meal prepping? Is it exercising? Is it communicating your feelings? Um, whatever it is, there's always something to slip first. Those are the presets you really want to look at. Those are the things that you really want to dig back and go, where did I begin to believe that this was what was enough for me? 
I like to think of it like a thermostat. You have presets on your thermostat, you go in, you change it, and the air kicks on when it gets too hot. The, the air, the heat kicks on when it gets too cold. We do the same thing in our lives. We get to a certain point where we're comfortable and then we then we kind of let it slide until we have to like kick the heat back up again. <laughs> we're like, mm -hmm. like turn the heat back on. We're like, oh, we're really letting our weight, oh, it's really, we're really pushing it. Summer's in a couple months. I really need to whoop, like put in the work now. And then you get comfortable and then you kind of let it slip again until you notice that you're slipping past that base. And so figuring out where those, where those beliefs and values come from, it allows us to transform our identities. And I, it sounds so simplistic when I put it like that, but it, it really is simple. It's just not necessarily easy all the time. You have to, you really have to be willing to dig in and do the work. Kind of allow yourself to believe, like, what if I were able to be the kind of person who got up early to exercise and loved it, who ate healthy and didn't even have to think about it because it's what I crave. It's what I love eating. These are the meals that I love to prep for myself. I enjoy doing that. What if I were the kind of person who was confident and felt good in my body because I know that I am worthy and I deserve to feel good in my body? Now, what if I was the kind of person who just did communicate her feelings in a way that left people feeling loved and accepted, but didn't leave me feeling like I was on the back burner? What if I was that person? Well, do you want to be that person? Like, we can do that. So kind of allowing yourself to play with the creation of yourself because you're always creating. It's just a matter of what, what it is you want to see. That's profound. And I, I agree. And I think so many things in life are like this where it is very simple, but it, that doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I love those questions you were asking. I'm just like, let me take some notes. This is actually really, um, it's very wise. I, and I like what you said about, you know, changing values to reflect the person that you want to become. Um, I know there's a saying somewhere that talks about like, where are you now and where do you want to become? Like who, you know, what kind of person do you want to become? And then what are the gaps in between and fill those in? And uh, I think it's, so, so hard for a lot of us and a lot of people to really try to, to fill in those gaps and take those steps. But it sounds like through some of the neuro-linguistic programming work you're doing that that seems to be helpful for people. Um, any other tools, like do you use future self-journaling or meditation or anything else that you find is particularly helpful, was particularly helpful for you? Because I imagine you've gone through a transformation to um, have arrived at doing this, this kind of work or for your clients. Yes. So um, meditation is huge. The, I agree. The idea of just bringing awareness to sometimes, the, bringing awareness to something can sometimes be enough for you to change it. If you bring awareness to something and you're like, whoa, I really, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to live like this anymore. Like just being aware of it, your subconscious mind is insane and it is doing stuff on autopilot all day, every day. And there are presets in there that, you're just going through life and your brain is going and you're not even thinking you're not even you know you're not it's yeah it's tough to working through your emotions are triggered automatically and if you just take time it's like meditation um i believe that the, the majority of the benefits are really truly felt after a minimum of just 12 minutes if you're just set aside 12 minutes a day slow your scroll on facebook put Instagram away for a second, 
set aside 12 minutes for yourself. And I like to say 15 just because it's a nice round number and then it gives you time to like ease in and ease out of it. But close your eyes, settle your mind. And, and there's tons of apps out there. There's tons of things that you can do, guided meditations. I, I don't have my, my clients jump into sitting on the floor and being completely silent for 15 minutes because I know they're going to go crazy. Start somewhere. Um, if you need to start with three minutes, start with three minutes. If you, you know, and bump your way up until you can sit for 15 minutes, even if it is a guided meditation, it's going to be better than nothing. Bring your awareness to your body and what you're feeling. And, and the more you practice that, the more it carries into the rest of your life and you're aware more often. Um, that, and you said something else too. Yes. I mean, journaling is huge. Um, I also love using I don't call them necessarily vision boards, but it's a visual representation of the identity that you want to create. I know that vision boards are really, they're fun. I love vision boards. Um, I have a few of my own, but um, they, they tend to be stuff like cars or the engagement ring you want or what you want your husband to look like, or they tend to be things and things are not bad. Things are great and they're fun, but I like people to look during their morning routine at a picture of something that makes them feel like, Oh, that's where I'm going. That's the kind of person that I'm becoming. And just setting your intention on it is like, it can do so much through just setting your intention. Uh, just like meditating, setting your awareness. The other really huge thing that I see so helpful is the practice forgiveness. And the science around forgiveness is just, it's becoming more and more and more obviously, but it's becoming crazy to see really all the things that forgiveness has been linked to. I mean, the act of forgiving actually allows your brain to tap into higher brain waves. And I kind of like to look at, like I was saying, those things, those, those presets that are in your past, right? There are probably a lot of those things that are painful that are uncomfortable that someone said to you and you took it and you put it on like a coat and it might've not fit, but you kind of got used to it. And now it's a part of your identity and that happened subconsciously. You didn't think about it. It just happened. Your mom said something backhanded. She didn't think. And then she said something that was supposed to be a compliment, but it didn't feel like it. And you're like, well, maybe that is how I am. And then, on and on and on, right? Those things happen. I mean, even just when we're young, like your best friend betrays you or your first boyfriend like totally screws you over and, and leaves you heartbroken. Like, and the things that they, they people who touch you and touch your life, they leave an impact on you. Um, and if you have taken those things on, things that they believed about you to be true, then they're a part of your identity. And as you go back through and you do that work, there are things that you find that need to be let go of that need to be forgiven and they can be, it's insane when you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't expect that to come up. Like I was seven, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like that time that your dad said like, Oh my gosh, you're so skinny and you need to eat something. And you're like, well, I automatically, of course, I want my dad's approval. So I need to eat now. You never stopped eating, but then you hated yourself. So you started binging and like, you, when you look back and you can finally pinpoint where those things came from, you can sit down, you can forgive your dad for saying that he didn't, he didn't mean it. He didn't even know what he was saying at the time. Right. 
forgive him and let it go. Because I imagine when an emotional transaction happens that a huge hook has been put in your side and has been put in the side of the person who, you know, that emotional transaction happened with and you are connected by a cord and everywhere you go, you are dragging all of this stuff with you and you wonder why you can't change. You wonder why you're not moving forward. You wonder why you're not hitting your goals because there's a lot of baggage and just excess crap holding you back. And so forgiveness is the practice of going through and cutting those cords and saying, you know what? Thank you, dad. You're trying to look out for me. I understand that. I love you for what you're trying to do, but it's now time for me to, to live my life based on the identity that I want to create. And so I'm, I'm letting this go between us. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry I held on to it for so long and, and releasing that. And it's amazing how weightless you become. And when you become weightless, you can move forward a lot easier. <laughs> so that. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. I love so many of the things you said. Um, I know with, okay, A, I love that there is more and more research on the act of forgiveness and, and then like neural changes that occur from that. Um, and I love what you were saying about meditation as well with the 12 minute practice and having people start, you know, short and, you know, with guided meditations I'm doing, I've been doing kind of an ongoing meditation experiment. Um, I had returned from a trip to Sedona and, and, uh, when I, while I was out there, I, I kept getting this really strong sense from the, the beautiful red rock mountains there. That was, they kept telling me like, be still and sit. Um, so I came back and I was like, great. Okay. I'm going to pick up my meditation practice again. And then that same day I found there was an article in my inbox that talked about the neurophysiological changes that occur in the brain after 15 minutes um, of meditation daily for 30 days. So I was like, this is great, perfect timing, and started this um, meditation experiment with a group of women. I could just kind of put it out there on Instagram, and um, it's been so cool just to see how it grows. And I gave some links to guided meditations and did a little bit of a, an objective measure with it. But and this is kind of long-winded now because this is... Um, uh, this is about you, but it was really cool to see how other people like picked up and ran with the experiment. And it's been great to like have this group where people are checking in with each other and like, oh, today was really hard. And oh, I'm dealing with these anxieties and stressors. And this is how my meditation practice has like benefited me or why it's hard to do today, but I'm going to do it. And then um, people are getting like the ongoing benefits over the the longevity of time, which is just really awesome to see. And it's it's so helpful, I think, and I'm sure this is part of what you do to be that accountability for other people. Um, and and I've, I mean, I find for me in my own practice, like having the group is really beneficial for my own accountability as well. Right. You know, when you need to show up as a leader, when mm -hmm. you're willing to lead yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's profound. You're able to lead others because they, they're, they want to lead themselves too. Yeah. People don't want to be followers for the most part. Now there are some people out there that maybe haven't hit that mindset that haven't fixed or found, not fixed, but found that part of themselves yet, but it's in there, that desire to lead yourself. Um, you don't want to be beholden to be held to someone else, of, you know, for your accountability. And that's one of the huge things I, I kind of like to tell my clients is I'm like, by the time we're done with each other, I, I would love to continue working with all of my one-on-one -on -one clients. I love them dearly, but 
by the time we're finished working together, I want you to be able to go back and look at this and say, okay, I can hit any goal that I want to because I know the process. Yes. I know how to go back now and say, I want to run a marathon. How do I reverse engineer that? How do I create the identity of the person who runs a marathon? Like, I don't need you anymore. I don't want them to need me at the end of our time together. And I think that's so different than so many health programs that are out there because that's the whole point, right? Is that you continue to need, you need the coaching, you need the whatever you need, the shakes and the access to the workouts and like all that stuff. And some of those things are great, but I want to not be needed anymore because I want to have given them the tools that they can take it and run with it and do whatever they want. It doesn't even have to be health related. You want to write a book? How do we reverse engineer it? Um, you know, you want to start a podcast, you want to become a coach yourself, you want to become a speaker, you want to, like, you can do anything that you want to do as long as you put on the coat and you leave it on long enough and you, you get it, you know, break it in, make it comfortable. And so, uh, yeah, I love what you're saying about just leading others in the meditation group. That's really, really cool. I, I have slipped on my meditation practice over the last week. This last week has been kind of crazy. So you're encouraging me to pick back up that, that piece that I dropped this yeah, week. It's definitely, I mean, there, and like you said before, there's so many spinning plates. Like I need to cook myself a good lunch, which I like doing, but you know, <laughs> so I'm like, well, let me do this and then take a walk. Um, there are always so many things. Um, yeah. I, and, and just the idea of transitioning your mindset to making it so that it's okay if you drop something exactly because that was not me a year ago if I dropped something I would be upset I would berate myself I would be and and a lot of times when you're going through the process of the forgiving it's you that you need to look at and yourself is a lot of times the hardest person to forgive because you really know <laughs> you really really know what you meant when you said that to yourself. You really know what you meant when you treated yourself or you put yourself in that position or you did those things. And it's like, no, I know the kind of person that I was when I made those decisions and it's hard to forgive yourself. And so getting to a place where you can let things like that slide, like I didn't meditate this week because I was running the summit and it was huge and I just didn't, I just didn't get to it. But yeah. And it, it's so it. fair right. too, because I think life is going to be like that sometimes. And, and yeah, having the ability to just to kind of use, to roll through those, I guess, if you want to call them setbacks or just changes in schedule to roll through those things with the same kind of ease that you have in like establishing the patterns and to realize that, okay, great. I missed a few days. I'll pick it back up. Um, and to give yourself yeah. that freedom without, like you were saying, without all the guilt or pressure or anger or whatever, like stuff, you know, that, that people can tend to be really hard on themselves, um, to just step away from that. It makes it so much easier to come back to the practice too, because it's like, you're not carrying all these, I don't know, like heavy negative things around, like I missed it. No, I'm terrible or whatever, you know, our subconscious mind tries to put in there. Um, but just to gracefully pick it back up and move forward, I think is, is so important. Right. Exactly. And it's like, we, we create such a negative connotation around it. Like, Oh, I screwed up. I didn't work out at all this week. And now I suck and I'm gaining my weight back or whatever. And now, and you create this huge snowball and then you're like, well, I'm just, well, fine. I'm just not going to, it's like, wait, <laughs> 
Yeah. You missed a week. That's fine. Like stuff happens. Like then people, that's where people find themselves three months later, six months later. Yeah. I haven't been to the gym, you know, in months and months and months because that one setback happened and it happened between our ears. Like, it's like, we, we allowed that to happen in our own heads. Like, so yeah, I love that. The idea of just giving yourself the grace that you would give anyone else. Yes. And if it, I think if it's hard to, to like, to think of it as another person, I I do um, like some inner child work and inner child meditation type things. And even if you can't, if that sounds too goofy or whatever, for some people to think about having an inner child, but to think about like how you would respond to a child, if a child had done something like that, because you're not going to be angry or aggressive, you know, with a little child who maybe like forgot to clean their room one day or left a sweater somewhere, whatever it is, you can just say like, okay, great. Well, let's remember like how we do this and pick it back up and just have a little bit more compassion that way. I think. Yeah. You're still learning. You're always going to be learning and life is going to throw you curveballs. Life is going to throw you stuff that, or you're going to step into stuff willingly that you're like, okay, I know this is going to be a challenge. And and you can only have focus for so many things. So allowing yourself to be in alignment doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this perfect health and wellness routine every single day. It's about, it's about staying the course, whatever that looks like. If that looks like me having missed a week of meditations, that's fine. I can pick it back up next week and I'll get, I'll get back in line with that. If it means my diet has slipped a little bit, it's, it's a, like you and I talked a little bit about tracking, paying attention to, mm-hmm. I've kind of slipped on drinking water and I need to, I need to bring that back because I, I feel good when I'm drinking more water, but it's been three days and I notice I haven't done it. And so bringing it back as opposed to having a, a very perfect, like straight line of your health journey it's kind of like, it's not about being on the horse a hundred percent of the time. It's about how quickly do you get back on once you've fallen off? I love that. And I think people really need to hear that too, because we, we are, um, we just tend to be so hard on ourselves. I hear this a lot in some of my women's groups. I'll look around and, and be able to really hear people and see all these beautiful women and the women I work with. And there does seem to be this overarching theme where, everyone is the hardest on themselves and everybody else can see how brightly they shine and see all that they're achieving. Um, but it it just seems to be a a thing where maybe, and I don't think it's just women, but I, I work with women. So I notice it more, um, that we tend to just be hard on ourselves. And so I think it's wonderful for, for people just to hear this. I like your analogy too, of it's not always about being on the horse, but like how quickly we can get back up. I think that's very motivational just to stay the course. Like you said, keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I see women, I, I feel as though women feel like they have to be everything all the time. Women are pulling so many carts and they're moms and they're entrepreneurs and they're businesswomen and they're, they're going to work and then they're pulling a second shift when they get home and, and they have their family and they're, and, and I see a lot of men really stepping up in this space and, and stepping in and filling in that void where I think there was a disconnect there for a while 
um, of just the transition from, I think for so long, we as women were what we were housewives and we stayed home and we had babies and then we had dinner on the table and, and then we trained to like, no, we want to do stuff for ourselves, but we kept some of those old patterns. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so then we were doing both <laughs> and it's like, wait, 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 wait. I can't do all, I can't do it. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I can't do everything. And I think there is this, this beautiful pivot happening of men stepping in. Um, I know I see this a lot just online of just like, my husband doesn't babysit. He parents with me. Like it's not, my right. husband's not, oh, it's so babysitting. No, he's a, he lives here too. It's his kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's their awesomeness. Right? Yeah. Like it's not just my fault. Like, so we, we are starting I think as the sex is starting to align more and and of course it's not it's not a perfect transition but I think it is moving that way but I think that women hold we hold generational patterns within ourselves we see what our parents have done what our parents parents have done and that happens very subconsciously very naturally but when we when we as women and men you can you can be a man and do this too but when we get to the point where we say you know what that is not how I want to live my life and the buck stops here. Yeah. Generational wounds and, and like you said, the little child, go back and look at what you have experienced. And if you don't want to inflict that same experience on your children in the future or on other humans that you're doing life with, then the buck has to stop here. With me, I am the pivot point. I am the change that I want to create, I, I, it starts with me. It starts and it ends with me as we move forward as humans. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I mean, I don't know where else, where else could we possibly start it, you know, if not, if right. not with ourselves. Um, but, and I say that that's kind of a simplistic thing, but I, I, I don't think that it necessarily translates all the time. I think a lot of people are like, let me create change here and here and here and not necessarily like, how do I create change within myself to greater influence, like my children, my family, the people in my surroundings, my online community, whatever that is. Um, And I think the change, at least I know for myself, like just continues to keep happening. Like, I don't think we ever get to a place. And I think you touched on this earlier where we're just like, okay, I'm done. I'm perfect now. Um, You're like here I am, like like we got quote unquote there wherever the hell there is. Like, never get there. Like nope, it's always, always moving. Life is always moving on, so we might as well always be moving on too. Yes, yeah, and to adapt that flexibility um, in our practices and everything is wonderful. And so I also want to ask you about the work you do around gut health because this is one of my favorite topics. Um, way back, like twenty five years ago, I was in massage school and. Um, Somebody took a picture of me with the small intestine up on the overhead slide because I was so into gut health even back then. I have this picture somewhere. They're like, it's all you talk about. I was like, I know, it's awesome. So it is. It's tell me more. Insane. It is so insane. And the more you get into it, like the deeper you get into it. Like you can't stop. I once you like start to to piece things together, it is crazy. So my my journey with gut health is essentially started. I was newly married. This was about four years ago. I had been at that point my entire life. I would, I had been struggling with yeast overgrowth issues. I had yeast infections from the ripe young age of one. My mom had been struggling. So we had done, we had done so many things. I mean, we had done, we, I don't think we ever really did them in the right order. And this was 20, 
five years ago, 26 years ago at this point. And so the information wasn't there. And so we did so many different diets. We removed stuff. We tried oils. We, tried, we did all the things at growing up. And at some point I got to the point where I was like, screw it. This is my life. I'm intolerant to, uh, to dairy and to anything like basically anything like processed, anything like made me sick, um, MSGs, all of the stuff, yeast infections, UTIs. I, that was me my whole life. And I finally got to the point where I was like, well, this is how I am now. So I'm just going to be sad and deal and just live with it. And using whatever was on sale at Target, Monistat, whatever they had to deal with yeast infection issues. And so I was doing that. And I got to the point where I was newly married. I had a yeast infection at that point for four months. Uh, newly married. It was delightful. And I finally went to go see a doctor about, I had talked to doctors about it before, but it was more like, well, do they go away? It's like, well, yeah. But then they come back. So they're like, well, just keep doing what you're doing. And this doctor basically was like, what you have been doing is created a super bug hmm. in you and you're going to be hard pressed to get rid of it. Of course, it's not exactly the said long and short of it. He's like, you're basically going to be hard pressed to get rid of it. And I was just like, I can't live like this anymore. I, I had begun, I had slipped into anxiety and depression and I was gaining weight. Like it was my job. I was, I was very sick. I was exhausted. I did not sleep at all. Like I dreamt of sleeping. <laughs> all I did was I wanted to sleep. And I felt like an old woman in a 23 year old's body. And I lived somewhere between my couch and my bed. And it got to the point, especially after that conversation, it was just like, something has to change. There has to and so I, from my couch, I got on my computer and started researching all of these things that I had and the candida diet kind of came up and I started looking at, at yeast overgrowth, which led me to gut health. And as I started digging and uh, researching and I still had access to my college like databases. So I was reading like medical journals and like straight up digging in and I started to link all of my symptoms to gut health. And I was like, mm -hmm you know what? Let's start there. Let's just start there. Maybe if I do this one thing, then everything else will fix itself. So I did, I did detox diets. I did removal things. And, um, I spent way too much money on supplements. I would like be in whole foods, like on my phone, like looking, I think I need something that does this specific thing. And, um, I, at some point got things in line and, and, and working the way they should be. And my GI issues went away. My yeast issues went away, my UTI issues went away, my anxiety dissipated, my depression dissipated, I had more energy, I started working out more, like, it was just, like, and this wasn't immediate, but it still was, like, two or three months, and so for years, I had been dealing with these things, and within two to three months of just doing the right things in the right order, mm -hmm. it was, like, I was a whole new person, and I was hooked, I was just, like, I have to know more, I have to know everything that affects gut health, I mean, I go into, I mean, I look at ingredients and sugar and like all of these things that it's just like, oh my gosh, everything's affecting everything. Looking at, you know, artificial sweeteners are like huge right now, but it's just like, please stop putting this in your body. And it is completely yes. destroying your GI health. Like doing the digging and with everything that I know now and, and create a program that is completely transformational based on gut health. And 
as I started working on this, the question just kept, kept coming back. It's like, why aren't people already doing this? One, because they don't know the deep and significant importance of the GI tract, your microbiome and your enteric nervous system and all of the things that the mm -hmm. GI tract is connected to. But they also don't know how to do it consistently. Sure, you do a detox diet and then you're back on eating junk food, you know, a week later and then it's just it's not doing anything for you. That's not helping you. Um, and then there's all of the kind of belief around all of the probiotic foods right now, kombucha, right? kimchi and, and all of those things which are great if your gi health is good if it's yeah. not those things aren't going to do, do anything um i've had multiple people be like but i drink kombucha every day and i'm like that's really expensive <laughs> and there's a lot of sugar and so much kombucha too like some of it is is got a ton of sugar i'm like that's not what you want to put in if you've got a candida overgrowth like that's not that's it. the exact opposite of what you want to do yeah yeah. And so I like to explain to people that, that the GI tract, when you're born, uh, you're actually born with a little bit of yeast in, in, in your GI tract, a little bit of fungus in your GI tract. And um, that is meant to stay little and then decompose your body when you die. Mm. So you think about the American diet, <laughs> you think yeah. about your first birthday cake and then every birthday cake that you've had after that and then McDonald's and it's just all the crap that we eat. What does yeast and fungus grow on? Sugar, carbs, 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 carbs. And, and so we have a yeast overgrowth in our body. And what is that doing to our bodies from the inside out? It's decomposing you from the inside out. So you wonder why you have inflammation and leaky gut syndrome and autoimmune issues and allergies and asthma. Your body is screaming at you to do something. Your body's like, hey, in here, hey, yeah. there's something really wrong help me please and we go well we have allergies so let me get some allergy medication no we have this so let me just like do this and if you were to heal the root a lot of those things dissipate a lot of those symptoms dissipate all of the inflammation like my face is so much I look skinnier than I ever before because my face looks healthy mm -hmm. my face was like puffy before, like I was just like bloated to the night. I was so inflamed and my body was yelling at me to do something. And it wasn't until I finally was like, okay, here's the, here's the, so yeah, the GI, the GI tract is insanely important. It's just a matter of doing things in the right order because that yeast and that fungus and that bad bacteria, I want to say it's 60%. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I think it's 60% of the U.S. population has uh, dysbiosis, which is more bad bacteria and fungus growing in their gut than good. And so this can happen a lot of different ways. Um, our cesarean rate is through the roof. I think it's almost 60% now. Um, when you have a C-section, you, you tend to have issues breastfeeding because there's a disconnection in hormone development there. And formula is a lot better now than when I was a baby. I was a C-section baby and I was not able to be breastfed and formula back then was soy and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot better now. There's a lot more options now because some people can't breastfeed and I like hundred percent understand that. So I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, well, I can't and now my baby's ruined, but <laughs> there are options now. It's just, you have, to, you have to be able to, you have to know that the GI tract is very, very important from the get go. Yes. And, and these things 
they tumble and they, it's the domino that fell first. And 23 years later, you're sobbing on your couch and you have no idea why, but you're sad and depressed and anxious and you have another use infection. And it's like, that started when you were, how old? You know, newborn, two, yeah. three, four. Like, sometimes, yeah. Well, and our rampant use of antibiotics yeah. and antibiotics are necessary for some things. But when you have a, you know, less than two-year-old that has had six, seven, eight rounds of antibiotics, what has that done to their microbiome? It can take up to a year for your microbiome to, to uh, repopulate after one round of antibiotics. So I see this a lot with younger kids. It's like, or kids that I grew up with. And there was lots of families that I grew up with that were sick all the time, antibiotic usage. And of course, we didn't know as much back then that we know right. now, but it was easy. It was easier to do that than like write it out. And I've been sick before and been like, I really would like to just take something and have this disappear. But this is one of my values. And I know that, that my GI health is so much more important in the long run. So I'm just going to like write it out. And of course, there's space for antibiotic usage. I'm not saying that there's not, but using it over and over and over again creates immeasurable, immeasurable damage. And then you have a three-year-old with allergies, asthma, and, and, you know, autoimmune issues starting to pop up. And it's like, where did that start? They're so young. So, um, yeah, looking at your past, your history, and it's, it's not like, oh shoot, I've done these things. I'm totally screwed. So did I, there's a way to fix it. And so, healing that that dysbiosis getting rid of that bad bacteria and then replacing it and then focusing on that and continually upkeeping that is a, you know a primary way of helping alleviate a lot of those symptoms that your GI has caused in the long term what do you think is a good place to start with that I know you've mentioned um, a couple times like doing things in the right order like if there is one like action step that people could take, what would you recommend is it is a good starting point for that just to try to start healing the dysbiosis and healing the um, some of the the abnormalities or the extremes that are existing in in people's GI tracts from overuse of antibiotics or excessive sugar consumption and things we see a lot in this country. What's a good starting point? Yeah, so removing stuff that's feeding those things, <laughs> like removing sure. the sugar, the alcohol, the processed carbs. I mean, there's so many things that you can you can start removing. And and actually, there's a blog article out that I I was able to collaborate with someone on recently, and I I can get that to you so you can put that in the show notes. But yeah, please do. Uh, refined refined oils, you know, dairy, soy, corn, pesticides. Um, buying produce using the, the clean 15 versus the dirty dozen. Um, and, and I can get you a link to like a, a little printout if you want a clean yeah, 15, dirty great. dozen list. And then people would appreciate it. excess heavy metals where, yeah, we're, we're, we're like constantly being bombarded by toxins in our skincare, in our cleaning products, in our water. And it's like your body can only do so much. Like it can only yeah. clean out and process so much. So the easier you make it, for it to detox your body, then the easy. So, I'm sorry, say that last part again. They tend to have a really, really nice. Oh, just which part? That you said the easier, um, the, and then you just cut out. Oh, the, 
Yeah, oh, so the easier that it is for your body to detox, the easier it is for your body to detox, essentially. Like, the less you, like, overload it, the smoother the process can become. Makes sense. So, yeah, the, I mean, it's it's one of those simple, obvious things, but we don't, we don't track back and look at what we're using in, on, and around our bodies. And so, yeah, that yeast and fungus, uh, they tend to have a really solid biofilm layer that they, they like, kind of protect themselves with. And that is really hard to break through. That's why, I mean, your GI tract only has so much property space in it. And when it's overgrown, throwing probiotics at it is just going to really create expensive poop. Like, mm. you're just throwing away money because you're just going to slide right by that biofilm layer. There's no place for them to actually take root and create culture, you know, create little colonies. So doing the work of getting rid of that first then allows the probiotics and the kombucha and all of the other stuff to work. And of course, please look at your kombucha. If it has sugar in it, don't, don't drink it. Um, <laughs> it's just not worth it. But, you know, doing that first. So, so digestive enzymes are huge here, antifungals, and then probiotics are very, very helpful. There's just a lot of trash out there, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot that just don't do what they say they're going to do. They're not, they don't have what they say they're going to have it in. Or the big one, I have had so many people send me a few, um, their probiotics. They're like, is this good? And I'm like, this probiotic literally has sugar in it or no. sweeteners in it, like, like <laughs> fake sweeteners. In it. Why? It's in a tablet. You shouldn't taste it at all. Yeah. Why? It doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't sugar in it. So crazy. How so, sugar everywhere. But why? Why do we put that in there? Like, I there's, don't know. There's literally no reason for it. Nope, it's it makes awful. No sense. So, it's it yeah, is. if you, yeah, and of course, I'm sure that you know your your clients, you have things, you know, products that you recommend to them. If you're looking for for a good protocol for you, I try to do it by a person by person basis, just based on what they're struggling with. Yeah, that's great. So, so if you're looking for that, I can definitely recommend products outside of you working with me one on one. So if you need to get in touch with me, by all means, go for it. I can help you do that, but yeah. And then repopulating your gut with good, you know, allowing the good to thrive. Once you've gotten rid of the bad, it's bringing back in that good bacteria. So, so changing up your food, introducing your GI tract to, to different microorganisms is not only fun for your taste buds, but it's also uh, really good for your gut. So bringing back in that kimchi, sauerkraut, pickles, miso, tempeh, like cultured vegetables, um, sugar in it um there's lots of dairy-free yogurts out there now too which is really cool um stuff that's going to feed the good bacteria is going to be prebiotic based so like leafy greens dandelion greens are really great chicory root garlic onions leeks asparagus things that are really fibrous are going to be fantastic for repopulating that um or not repopulating but feeding the good bacteria that's there and as you're doing the probiotics, feeding that and allowing them to thrive as opposed to them just going in and sliding right off and going on through. So I'll get you a list um, in that blog post. There's a list of all the things you could be eating, all the things okay. you could be removing. And you that don't have to go great. crazy either. I mean, if you don't have like extreme, extreme issues, you don't have to go crazy. I mean, you don't have to remove absolutely everything. Just start with a couple things. And then add in a couple of good things and then see how you feel and, and do the process. But 
if you have extreme GI issues or, or like any of those other things I've mentioned, acne, eczema, all of those things are your body screaming that there's something wrong. But then, I mean, you can go as crazy as you want. And I think the, the link to auto, different autoimmune diseases as well in gut health is becoming more and more prevalent. So I just wanted to mention that as well. Um, and then the link with even cortisol and, and stress, and you mentioned kind of anxiety and depression also being linked, like all those things really are very connected. So I think um, that's wonderful that you had that experience. I mean, it's not wonderful that you went through such a hard time for so many years, but that you you got to the point where you could figure out that one thing to change or the one thing to really start working on and you watched all of those other symptoms disappear. Uh, I, I know. I really do think that it was just a, it was an intervention. I had some kind of download and like clarity that I needed to have in that moment. And, and I, and I listened and that was kind of the key. And you're right. I mean, every, if you can, if you are struggling with something, whatever it is, go to Google. I'm telling you, go right now and just type in whatever it is I'm struggling with and gut health. Watch it come up. It is there. I mean, like, like migraines and gut health, like acne and oh. gut health. Like it, it, start doing it. And I did this for a long time because I'd see, when I see people struggling and I want to be like, heal your gut, it'll help. Like I it's promise so it'll help. And people are like, People are like, I have anxiety. You don't understand. And I'm like, no, but look, it does help. And the gut is connected to everything. All of your endocrine system, so much of it is run by your GI tract. Your serotonin production is in your GI tract. Your, your immune system is in your GI. It's like when your GI tract is not working properly, you are not happy or healthy. Like you just aren't going to be. Um, and a lot of times we can let this slip for a really, really long time until all of a sudden everything hits the fan and it typically is just like I said like a domino and it's just all of a sudden you've hit those last dominoes and your body is like okay <laughs> my gut has been shut down for for years like I am my, your body is literally attacking you and you are not existing in a healthy state of mind a healthy body there's something wrong um so yeah if you can think of anything if you're struggling with anything even brain fog low energy, uh, muscle fatigue, right? It's like chronic fatigue, like all of those things. I think there's, you know, and I'm not saying for everybody like, Oh, like healing your gut will heal those things completely. But I would say almost a hundred percent of the time, it's going to significantly help. It's going to create some good benefit for you. Yeah. And for women, especially hormonal issues. I mean, when back in that time period for me, I probably three weeks out of the month, my husband hid in his office because I was like, he never knew what he was going to get. Like I was on an emotional <laughs> hormonal roller coaster. I was a monster. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, Ooh, like <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that my husband said, I said something about it. And he was like, his eyes kind of got, he was like, yeah, that was bad. And I was like, it wasn't that bad. Was it? He's like, no, honey, it was scary. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was so bad. So that, and then PCOS and endometriosis, inflammatory yep. issues that are starting to be linked to gut health. If you can, if you, you can do, if you can start with the GI tract, a lot of inflammation is going to go down and that alone is going to help with so many things. So many things. So it's like, start there and see what happens. And then once the dust settles and you've kind of gotten in a pattern of healing your GI tract and it, it's a process, 
then you can kind of see really focusing on it. If that makes sense, like you start with your GI tract, but you know, a year later, you're still struggling with certain issues from your autoimmune issues, then, then lean into that and figure out that specific piece. But yeah, I mean, it's not like, obviously I like heal your gut and everything's going to be hunky dory, but I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to hurt. I mean, that's the other thing too, that I'll exactly. tell people about. I'm like, it's not going to make anything worse for you to have a healthier gut system. It's just not. And even the inflammation yeah. piece is so big because I work with a lot of chronic pain and I've had chronic pain myself where when I really do the, um, especially if I get like pretty strict with my diet and really do like an anti-inflammatory diet, I feel 1000% better just with the chronic pain just goes way, way down. Um, and, and there's a lot of people with like chronic back pain. I mean, I think that's one of the number one complaints in the U S of people, not even older people, people in their thirties. Um, so if yeah. we start addressing some of these, these gut health things as early as we can. And just like you said, see what happens. Why, you know, why wouldn't we, I think it's just the education piece. Um, so it's wonderful. You have a program and you work with people one-on-one to really guide them through this process and what's best for them. Um, Cause I think there, there's so much information out there that people get, we just don't know. We're not sure, you know, people do the kombucha and the probiotics. And um, I think that yeah. you offer a program um, in a one, a one-on-one approach is just, that's a, a huge benefit. Yeah. So I do, I do one-on-one coaching. Um, and then I actually am going to be launching my first group course here at the end of uh, July. Exciting. And that is going to come with one-on-one coaching just because you can't, when you're working with health, I can't, I can never move away from that. I, I think that there's something to be said about doing the one-on-one personalized piece, but a lot of the information when it comes to gut health and when it comes to mindset is very global. Mm-hmm. It's the same things we need to be changing. And so, um, but working in a, in a container with other, you know, in a group, like you were saying earlier, in a group with other women who can hold each other accountable, it, it's so much more beneficial than just one-on-one. Then I'm not the only one holding you accountable, but all mm-hmm. the other women that you're doing this with are like, you're linking arms. And the more arms we link, the more we rise together, I think. And so I'm leaning really into collaboration this year. And, and I was just like, what a beautiful way to bring more women together in the same space, in the same energy. And I, I love holding energy for women and then allowing them to collaborate and, and connect. And some group courses that I've done, I've made the best of friends in. And, and I love my one-on-one clients. I love working with people one-on-one. But I think there's something to be said about working with other women who are in the same place as you and, and going on the journey together. Um, beyond just them following my lead. Um, so that's exciting. It's nerve wracking. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's just, it's going to be very different and I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, I'm just really excited to, to work with women in that container in that space. Um, but yeah, that'll be coming up soon. So I'm like that summit I talked about, just kind of flew out of nowhere. <laughs> just like the days kind of slipped by and here it is. So July is coming. So I'm excited for that. So that's, A, I, I agree so much with what you said, like having that container and having women work together um, and not just like the one-on-one we're like, well, I'm like the person that you look to, that's, that's totally great. And it's wonderful to work with people, but yeah, but offering that container where people can collaborate and form friendships and be there to support each other. That is such an enriching, um, 
just an enriching experience for, for everybody, you know, for you and for the participants. So you mentioned that is coming up soon. Where can people find you, learn more about your courses? Um, do you, and then of course uh, I'll put all of your links up in the show notes, but if you want to just verbally tell people where they can come to, to find you to do more work with you and find out about your programs. Yeah. So, um, I mostly hang out a lot in my kind of crunchy group. I'm, I'll get the, um, link for you. Well, the link will be in the show notes. Um, it's a group on Facebook. It's called kind of crunchy and, um, it's basically facebook.com backslash groups backslash kind of crunchy. Um, not kind of, but K I K I N D A crunchy. And, um, that's the holistic lifestyle revolution group. So we do a lot around mindset, spiritual practices and like sciencey gut health nerd stuff. Um, and Awesome. just life in general, doing life in general together there. And then, yeah, I'm on Facebook as Amber Leanne Drake and you can find me on Instagram. I'm not on there as much these days. I really do hang out on Facebook a lot with my peeps. Um, but I'm at you deserve health and happiness. And so you can find me out there and then I'll give you a direct link in for the show notes, um, for people to find my, my course. I do have early bird going on right now and it's about $500 in savings just because this is the first time that I'm going to have this container open. And so I want to give people like the best experience um, possible. And, and that's going to come with a goodie, goodie gift from me. If you sign up for whole, uh, wholesale <laughs> early bird um, for that wholesale pricing. Right. On that. Uh, if you want to just buy 10 spots for your whole family, that'd be great. Families together. That'd be really fun. Oh, I'm jotting down all our ideas. I'm jotting, I'm jotting that down. That's kind of, that would be really fun. Um, so yeah, you can find me at naturalguthealth.com and then I'll get you the direct link so you can find um, that that early bird special because it's kind of hidden. I don't have it like right on my front page. Um, it's a special link for my special people. So your Great. special people will get that link. That's exciting for them. And when does your, when does this course actually launch? I want to make sure I get this uploaded and out to the public before then. Yeah. So you're putting, you're putting my nose to the fire because I've been putting off setting an actual date for it because I've been scared. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I'm watching this thing. I'm watching this thing. Let's just say the 22nd, July 22nd. It's okay. a good round number. I like, yeah, or 22. There like it is. Seven two two. Got it. Woo. That's exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm doing it. Well, that's Amber, Thank you so much for chatting with me today. And um, yeah, I'm, it was great to talk to you. And I love what, everything you had to say about mind, mindset and gut health and um, staying on the horse and, or sorry, not staying on the horse, but getting back on the horse um, and just continuing to move forward. I, it's wonderful to, to just hear that and to, to glean the, and to hear about the success you've had in your own life with using these principles and, and with your um, people that you work with. So I'm sure your upcoming course will be a huge success. Yes. I'm so, I'm so excited and I'm so thankful for, um, for you inviting me to do this. This has been really, really fun. Yeah. Likewise. Um, all right. So to look for all of Amber's links in the show notes and we will see you next time.